Today on the USA 10 cast, women's soccer guru Mara Gladys joins us and talks the future of women's soccer in America after the WPS shutdown. How might this affect the U.S. national team, and will we see a professional league return in 2013? All those questions answered next on the USA 10 cast. Hi, welcome into today's USA 10 cast. I'm John Arnold. My guest today, Mara Gladys. Welcome to the program, Mara. Thanks, John. Uh, today we're talking about women's soccer in general, and Mara, I, I wish we could have you on, on uh, I guess, more exciting terms for the women's game, but as most of our listeners probably know by now, women's professional shot soccer will not play in the 2012 season. Uh, Mara, can you kind of recap what happened for those who might not know briefly, and just kind of give an overview of the situation that's kind of causing WPS to take this drastic measure? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not not great circumstances to be here, but uh, basically what happened is at the end of the 2011 season, so this past summer, right after the U.S. women's team had such a phenomenal run at the Women's World Cup, uh, WPS decided to terminate Dan Borislow's franchise, which is Magic Jack, located down in Florida. And Borislow had been a really controversial owner in his whole tenure uh, running the team. Uh, his franchise was originally called the Washington Freedom. When he took over, he moved them down to Florida, where he's located, renamed the Magic Jack after his, his brand and his product. Um, was was a real nuisance to the league. He refused to do any marketing. He refused to set up a website. So he was a real nuisance, and uh, WPS terminated his franchise at the end of the season. But Borislow fought back uh, with a lot of legal wrangling um, and... Recently, uh, a court ruled that WPS had wrongfully terminated his franchise. So, basically, because of that, uh, unable to keep the league running and continue fighting Borislow over this issue, they decided to suspend uh, to, s- to suspend operations for the 2012 season. And it's it's interesting that it came at this time because in the fall there was a big. Uh, a big to-do about whether it was going to receive sanctioning again. And there's a lot of pressure put on U.S. soccer because WPS had terminated that franchise, meaning that there were only five teams, which uh, is grounds for not sanctioning a league. Uh, U.S. soccer kind of made an exemption for them, allowed them to compete in 2012 with five teams, and after kind of clearing that hurdle for them to have to cancel it anyway is a really big blow. You mentioned that the timing was a little strange. Um, I guess we've seen some reaction from players um, who were kind of planning on being in the league this this season. Does it surprise you that the timing came when it did instead of uh, kind of later in 2011, maybe around that sanctioning time? Yeah, it's it's interesting because the day or two before the U.S. had rolled over its competition at the CONCACAF Olympic Qualification Tournament to qualify. So they were riding this kind of mini wave of support and and domination. To come out with this is is a little bit strange. And, you know, if they had done it later in 2011, it it would have come out a lot better. It would have allowed U.S. soccer and allowed the, the WPS to at least shift a little bit of the, not blame, but just focus to the Olympics. Um, I think it would have caused a little less damage had they done it earlier, had they known. Um, and also just kind of 
out of out of courtesy to the players to let them know that they're not going to have anything to do this summer to to help them kind of figure out figure out their lives. So definitely an interesting call to do it right now. Right. Speaking of the players, do they still have the opportunity to go overseas. Um, what's what's kind of the option? What are most of the players trying to do right now? I mean, I'm sure this puts them in a, a difficult position. Yeah, I mean, some of the bigger names if they wanted to, could probably play overseas. Um, it's kind of the middle of the season, and I believe the transfer window is closed. I'm not 100% sure, but it would be a little tough for you know the everyday player to go over and play in Europe. Um, very similar to like a men's team. If, if a, a run-of-the-mill MLS player wanted to try and go over to Europe, it'd be a little tougher um, than a star. Um, and what will probably happen is that a lot of the players from the league will play in the W League or the WPSL, which are women's semi-pro teams in the U.S. Um, it's interesting that a lot of the women's national team players that played for Magic Jack, including Hope Solo and Abby Wambach, are very, very loyal to Dan Borislow, which is kind of interesting because Abby Wambach is kind of the face of women's soccer in the U.S., and Dan mm-hmm. Borislow is kind of the villain. Um, but they will most definitely play with with uh, Borislow and Magic Jack, um, and he's probably going to start kind of a barnstorming team as, as an exhibition team that will play these uh, semi-pro teams. But I could just see uh, a lot of the players kind of spreading out in these second-tier leagues and with these second-tier teams, which will will definitely dilute the level of play here, but you know, playing somewhere and just getting some time in is better better than nothing. You mentioned earlier the Olympics, uh, the USA kind of running away with the qualification there, which I think most fans were happy to see. Um, what effect, if any, will this have on the Olympic team uh, this year? And I guess looking at the broader picture after you kind of address that, what's next for women's soccer in the future in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, with the Olympics, what will probably happen instead of the more traditional route of, you know, when you when you represent your national team, and you play on your club teams. You're with your club when you can. Then when you're called up to the national team, you play and just kind of bounce back and forth for those few months. Um, what will probably happen with the women is they'll just put the entire team in residency and just have them train together and, and train and play friendlies. And there's good and bad things to that. I mean, it allows them a lot of time to gel and kind of cuts down on the travel, cuts down on the hectic, bouncing back and forth leading up to an important tournament. But at the same time... Uh, that's a long time to just be scrimmaging against your teammates. And the WPS, when they did play uh, their league games, did provide a higher level of play, let them get tested. So there's there's pros and cons to that going into the Olympics. I think the U.S. will be fine either way, uh, especially based on how they played in uh, in the CONCACAF tournament. I think um, we'll lose a little bit of that competitive edge not having those WPS games, but the uh, the chance to train together for a significant amount of time before that is is a huge plus, and I mean, what's going to happen with women's soccer in the future? WPS says that it'll come back in 2013 uh, with six teams. I think if if they can settle this Borislow situation, if they can handle the all of the legal wranglings with that, um, hopefully they can get it back going. I think. The U.S. needs to show up big at the Olympics, similar to the World Cup. I mean, they they really can't afford to, you know, crash out of a tournament earlier to have a, a poor showing in a tournament. They it, they just can't afford it with the the way things are right now, because with no professional team, all of the focus will be on the national team. The only time these players will be visible will be 
when they're with the national team. So it's it's essential that they do well in their friendlies, that they continue to try and cultivate the the growing fan base around the country, try and hopefully win a gold medal at the Olympics, and then hopefully just try and continue to ride the uh, the waves of support momentum to to get WPS back and running. Uh, if they they really need some smart investors and to do smart things in the front office and not try and get caught up in these kind of legal battles. Um, I think that's a, that's a big, that's a tall order and I'm not really sure how realistic it is. Um, so, so it's a little uncertain as to the professional game. I think the national team just needs to continue winning, continue entertaining fans. Um, but with the professional league, it's, it's a little bit uncertain right now, which I mean, it's never a good thing. You never want to see that in this country. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, uh, very uncertain with the whole league being canceled this year. You mentioned the national team continuing play, obviously, um, continuing friendlies in the build-up to the Olympics. Pia Sundhaga called in a squad for a friendly against New Zealand. Uh, any surprises on that roster, and what can we expect from this friendly and kind of other friendlies building up to the Olympics? Is there anything we should watch out for in specific? Yeah, no real surprises. I mean, Pia Sunhaga loves to name the same players to her squad. She's very slow in bringing about change. And we saw a little bit of that change with Sydney LaRue in the CONCACAF tournament. And LaRue looked looked pretty great. Um, I think she's slowly trying to work in some younger players. Uh, players like Kelly O'Hara, Keelan Winters, um, Christy Nairn. So I think you'll slowly start to see a little bit of a younger player um, you'll definitely see them in the friendlies. Whether they actually make it, make the squad over to London, is another thing. Um, one thing to watch for is the the right back position and who takes that over because Ali Krieger owned that position in the the 2011 World Cup. She dominated the right side. She was, in my opinion, the strongest defender in the whole back four. And she went down with a torn ACL and partially torn MCL in the first game of qualifying uh, against the Dominican Republic. So that's a huge, huge gap to fill, and to see who's going to do that will be one of the more interesting, uh, one of the more interesting storylines. It could be Kelly O'Hara, who's a converted forward, and Sunhag has been playing her at the back a lot for the the offensive support that that she provides. So that that's probably a big storyline to watch. And then also, Alex Morgan just killed it and tore it up at a uh, at the Concacaf tournament. She scored, uh, I believe, four goals, but when she was put up top with Abby Wambach against Canada. She looked fantastic. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Pia tries to work her into the starting lineup any more than than she has in the past because, you know, Morgan has kind of been on the bench as a super sub for the for the past year. And mm-hmm. to finally see her play with Abby Wambach and just kill it was, was really exciting. So it'll be interesting to see if they get paired up top in the future. We'll, we'll keep an eye on those storylines. And, of course, we'll – have you back on to quiz you about it in the future? Final question. This is kind of, uh, I guess this is it. This is this is the big one. Um, yeah. Do you think, putting you on the spot, do you think WPS will be back in 2013? And is the owner battle the only thing, I guess, that's, that's going on here? Um, your kind of thoughts on maybe WPS going forward? Obviously, you've covered a little bit, but kind of general impressions to wrap it all up. Yeah, I mean, putting me on the spot, I really don't think they'll be back in 2013. I think in order to do that, you need to have smart investors and investors who are passionate about women's soccer. And 
you know, they've been trying to find those investors for the past 10 years, 11 years since 1999, and they haven't found them yet. So I also just think it's a little bit of a, a an impractical model that the league is using. Um, and I just, it's a really tough sell in the U.S. with with the way that professional sports work, with the way that women's sports are. Uh, it's a little bit of a tough sell. So unless uh, something drastic changes and something really drastic happens, I think we might be uh, be without a women's professional league for a little bit until, you know, we have something like the 2011 Women's World Cup or the 1999 Women's World Cup or something to, to jumpstart it. But again, that we've seen twice now that those those big, exciting events can only spur so much interest and, and don't really generate a lot of long-term support. So so I think something drastic needs to happen, but hopefully something something like that will. All right. We'll keep an eye out, and of course, if anything happens between here and now, we'll call you back tomorrow. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. And thank you, listener, for joining us on today's USA 10cast. We'll be back next week. Talk with you then.